everyone. It's your host, Chaya. Welcome to Stutter Talk, the podcast dedicated to changing how you think about stuttering. Stutter Talk can be found at stuttertalk.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This episode was recorded on October 18th, 2019 with Rich Stevens, who is joining me from Melbourne, Australia. To be clear, I'm in New York. Rich is in Melbourne. But thanks to technology, we were able to make this happen. Rich, thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Hello, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. Rich is the president of Say Australia, the first international arm of Say, the Stuttering Association for the Young, founded in 2001 in New York City by Taro Alexander. Prior to launching Say Australia in June 2019, Rich lived in Manchester, UK, has a Bachelor's of Science in Speech and Language Therapy, and a Master's of Science in Neuroscience and Neuroimaging from the University of Manchester. Rich first volunteered at Camp Say in 2015 as a bunk counselor, and is now bringing a new approach to supporting young people who stutter in Australia. Rich joins me today to discuss his experiences of approaches to stuttering in Australia, the support and uh, uh, obstacles he has faced setting up Say Australia, the start of their first creative arts programs, his plans for ISAD, and much more. Rich, I'm so excited to get talking about what's going on in Australia, and I'd like to start off by having you give us a little bit of background about Say, and then diving right in. What is Say Australia? What's been going on? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, so kind of Say, the Association Association for the Young, um, yeah, was founded in 2001 by Tarol Alexander, um, not too far from you. Um, yeah, I'm like, knowing New York City. Um, and as you know, Say's been going for a long time now, and Say, um, Say has an approach to stuttering, um, which is um, which is moving away from a lot of the therapy approaches, a lot of the kind of fluency approaches, really. Like you know, it's more about people and kind of giving young people that platform to have their voices heard, um, to know that their voice kind of matters, um, and that it's okay. Um, if you stutter, um, you know, so Say runs Camp Say, and they've been doing that now for many years. Um, it's based in North Carolina, now they've moved up to Pennsylvania to the Poconos, um, and then they run the creative arts programs um, in New York City, um, which, yeah, I mean, I found Say um, when I was training to be a speech language and, and therapist. Um, yeah, when I was, how old was I now? I must have been about 33. And yeah, I had a time off in the break, um, the, the summer break. Um, and I just wanted to get involved with the stuttering community, really. Um, I was looking for, you know, maybe camps in England. Um, and there was a couple, but they were focusing on fluency a lot. It was like a weekend camp. So, you know, kind of kids would go to, this camp for a weekend in England and they get up and they practice fluency therapy for like four or five hours. And then, you know, they might get on a rock climbing wall and then they come back and do the fluency therapy. So yeah, I didn't really fancy that. So, um, I had a look in America and I came across say sounded 
too good to be true. I thought, let's just, you know, I have to experience that really. So I applied and, you know, the rest is history really. Started in 2015 as a bunk counsellor and then um, every year been back, um, you know, they kept on me. They kept on um, inviting me back, and it was a beautiful community. Um, met so many young people who stutter, so many adults who stutter, and that opened up an avenue of me um, going to the Asher conferences. You know, I had a dream of getting into research. Um, I was applying to America to do my PhD. Um, you know, because that was a dream of mine. But the opportunity came um, to 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 kind of go to Australia really and to bring stay over to Australia. So the inception of that probably came, I think it was a couple of years ago now. Um, I came to Australia. I saw what the climate was really here, which it is in a lot of countries really, um, where a lot of focus was on fluency um, and young people didn't really have an option. You know, when people went to therapy, it was like fluency therapy and that was your only option. And, um, yeah, so um, just really, just really, I'm at a brainwave really with me and Emma, with me and my partner, and um, we thought, you know, kind of, why don't we look at maybe bringing it over to Australia? Say, um, so you know, I spoke to Taro, who's a good friend of mine now. Um, we had a lot of conversations, a lot of conversations, and a lot more conversations, and then. Um, the dream to bring Say over to Australia um, was finally put in place in June of this year and we launched in June in Melbourne um, and what we're doing so we're not really doing a camp we're bringing the creative arts programs here so um, we started our first program last week we had an open day about a month ago social hang and then we started our first program the My Share Project um, Last week, with how many kids have we got? I think we've got eight kids, eight kids enrolled. Um, and that was a great start, really. So um, so I'll be taking the program um, in, about, oh, in about 12 hours is the next program. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the, to the kids, yeah. So, so yeah, so it was... So it was a two-year process in bringing it over here. Um, many obstacles, many challenges, but... You know, to bring it over here now, it's an you know, it's a big honor of mine. Really, it's a big honor to have that trust from, say, in America to bring it over here. Yeah. That is a huge success, and I want to congratulate you on thank you the the launch of say. Yeah, um, that's that's a big dream to come true, and I'm I'm so glad that that's come to fruition. It sounds like from what you're saying that the approach that say. Australia has departs from the more traditional approaches in Australia. Can you speak a little more to that? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, like I'm sure everyone um, tends to listen to this program or anyone who speaks language therapy knows about the Lincoln program, um, which was created in Australia um, to do with kind of younger children, really. Um, I think it's, I think, what is it preschool or just, um, I think it was four or five, I think. Um, you know, and the focus is very much on kind of fluency. Um, you know, it's one of the only kind of therapies um, which has had RCT trials. You know, um, Mark, 
Mark Mark Onslow, um, who's one of the professors here, and he's based um, north from us up in Sydney. Um, you know, he's done a lot of research on it, and there's a lot of data which tends to um, tends to support that kind of like and works for a lot of children. Um, you know how you look at that data. Um, you know it can be skewed one way or the other, but the Lincoln program is very much on kind of focusing on, you know, on speech and focusing on um, the the kind of time and stuttering. So when a so when a child kind of stutters, you know, it's really focusing on they call it maybe bumpy speech, you know, and um, you know, there's a process of getting it, you know, you know, of the child maybe has to start again to repeat what they want to say. So, you know, it's the focus is on, on, you know, that moment of, you know, what kind of stuttering. A lot of clinicians don't think it's done in a positive way. Um, but the research is there. Um, if you want to look at it to, you know, to say that it does work for a lot of children, but for the children who it doesn't work for, then kind of what happens to those children. Um, so there's a big focus here on fluency from my experiences here yeah. and from, you know, from going to and to conferences and meeting people um, who practice in Australia, um, there's a big focus on fluency. Um, the camper down approach is another approach for older children. Um, and I suppose I'm not too knowledgeable about that one, but from what I'm aware of, you know, it's kind of changing the way that you speak to become more fluent. Um, so those are the approaches which are very, which are, are very common here. Um, and then you have the Speakeasy Association as well. So the Speakeasy Association, um, the adult association here um, for adults who stutter, they had um, a high kind of focus, you know, on fluency, um, on, on smooth speech, um, on the soft onsets, um, you know, so that was heavily influenced as well. But they've just had a new president, um, Vikesh Anand. Um, mm-hmm. He's a new president and he's all about acceptance. He's a great person. I'm not too sure if you've heard of Vikesh Anand, but um, he's a busy person in the world of such, you know, and um, we've had many conversations yeah. in Australia. You know, he supports me, I support him. Um, we've had many a chat and he's doing some great things at Speakeasy. Um, he's had, you know, he's given kind of adults who stutter, an option. And I think that's what it is. I think it's options. That's what we're about. Um, and that's what he wants to introduce to Speakeasy. You know, he wants to introduce an option of like, it's cool if you want to be fluent and if you want to be more accepting of your stutter, then that's cool as well. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so, but there is a heavy influence on fluency here. Yes, um, there is a heavy influence. And like you had said earlier, uh, lit chrome um, originates from Australia, and there's a tremendous amount of research, something which our field values, and it is understandable uh, for people to be drawn toward it. But like you're saying, oftentimes um, the way that some children interpret the experience of lit chrome can be really negative. Rich, have you any current um, participants in Say Australia that may have been Given the Lidcombe approach and you see the later results, perhaps it was not effective with them? Um, 
To be honest, I've not really delved into that much of a history with the kind of children in terms of therapy approaches, but I, yeah, but but like I would be aware of where they where the referrals have come from. Um, I'm sure that they have had the kind of the kind of you know, therapy and stuff. But I suppose if they have, I suppose, and for some kids, um, it doesn't work. Like you know, like in some kids, it does. But I think the the kind of problem with the Lincoln program, I think, is supposed to be done in a very um, um, you know, it's supposed to be done in a very intensive way. It's supposed to be done with a lot of practice and with the parents and how it's, you know, like how it was devised, um, how or like how it's meant to be um, implemented. Um, I'm not too sure if a lot of speech language therapists tend to follow how it's meant to be doing exactly so. Like, and you can have a clinical trial, um, but then our speech and language therapists are they doing it how they're meant to be doing it? Which me, if I'm being honest. It's beside the point, really, for me. Um, I would say a lot of the kids who will come and yeah, and kind of to us may have had the Lincoln program, um, and it's probably not worked for them, um, you know. And I suppose they're going through therapy at the moment. But there's that famous quote in there by um, Bob Quiesel. Bob Quiesel, you know, kind of what happens. Um, what do you call them? The Lickham orphans, really, for the children who doesn't work for. Um, so I've not really delved that much into the history with the kids. All the kids are seen as speech language therapists at the moment, um, who the referrals have come from. Um, but you know, there's a good there's a good chance that kind of being in Australia, they and they would have had the Lickham program at some you know at some approach if they were seeing a therapist at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That does make sense that the possibility is there. But what I hear you saying is that regardless, um, your focus is on more effective communication and the departure is intentional because you'd like to provide children who stutter more options. And that's what seems to be lacking in Australia up until this point. Is that correct? Yeah, sure. Yeah, our focus um, is basically um, we're an adjunct into therapy. I'm not like a replacement. You know, we're an adjunct. To therapy so we're like an option so so you know so yes yeah, so what happens for those kids who go to therapy and they might be fluent in the clinical area but but you know when kind of what happens in skill you know kind of what happens when you're out there you know um in the world and yeah like you're stuttering still um we're just you know we're an environment where um if you stutter it's okay if you've got a technique and you want to use it, that's fine. You know, we meet children where they are. Um, yeah, we'll never say to a child, you can't get involved in our programs because you use the technique. No, we just, we kind of meet every child. And for us, it's more about the accepting environment. You know, you come how you are. You come and meet other children who stutter, which I think is the big thing. You know, the main focus of this is that, our creative arts programs, um, you know, are very like innovative. They provide that platform for the kids to learn these skills in the creative arts for, you know, for, um, for creative expression, you know, um, to share their thoughts and feelings, however they want to share their thoughts and feelings. If that's in song, if that's in dance, if that's in a play, if that's in art, then that's fine. Um, yeah, they, you know, they come how they are, but then, 
like the background of all that or the core of it is the meeting other children who stutter. I remember when I stuttered, yeah, like a lot of people stutter, you don't really meet other yeah, like other kids who stutter. And for us, when you come in to our programs, it's the thing, you know, the, you know, like it's same as say in America, um, or there's Camp Moore and, you know, Camp Shout Out, all these great kind of camps that are going on at the moment, um, all these support groups for kind of kids, you go and you're meeting other kids who stutter. And that's pretty cool. You know, it's cool to know that you're not on your own. Um, when we did our first um, open house, I think it was two months ago, for those kids who came, it was the first time they'd met anyone else who stuttered. And you see it and it's a powerful moment. Um, and when there's adults there who stutter as well, because uh, the volunteers, you know, I stutter. We've got eight volunteers. I think three of them maybe stutter, three or four. Um, and then there's adults there who don't stutter, but who are giving their time and their ears, you know, to listen to the words that these kids then kind of want to say. So, um, yeah, that's the environment that we want to create, a loving, accepting environment where they can come and they can just be who they are. They don't have to focus on the speech. They don't have to focus on, you know, um, are people going to interrupt me? Are people going to make fun of me because of the way I speak? Um, that's not going to happen. You know, just come as you are and enjoy it and have fun because at the core of it all is that these kids are kids, the young people. They've got a lot to say, but um, but they're kids as well, you know, so let's have fun doing it. I love that. Let's have fun doing it. And to your point, Rich, when you were talking about the power of meeting other children who stutter and then seeing adults who stutter, there really is nothing like it. Being around others who've, who are walking that path or who have um, walked it before really does something that no speech therapy can do. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember just go back when I was a kid, um, my therapist changed when I was 10, 11 years old. Um, and I remember going into this room and there was this guy I'd never met before and he stuttered. And, you know, that was a powerful moment, you know, one for me. And I think of all these kids um, who go to these camps in America, um, you know, who are going to be coming to our programs and they're going to be scared, they're going to be nervous, never met anyone who stuttered before. And they walk in this room and there's like 10, 20 30 people who stutter and that's powerful that's you know it's powerful to know that you're not on your own um but uh, you know but also as well you know I'd also say that you know when you meet other people who don't stutter I think that's important as well who are there as well who are there who empathize as much as they can do um but who are giving up their time to spend time around you know when can you as a kid and they want to hang with you and they're not interrupting you, and um, there is a pin to you, and but they don't stutter, and I think that's yeah, I think that's powerful as well to to see that. Yeah, uh, 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 agreed. Um, bridging that gap and creating a society of others who understand stuttering, who don't stutter, is just as important as 
being around people who do stutter and get it. So that's, that's a really good point that you're making. Rich, you've mentioned more than once um, about your personal experiences as a person who stutters, and you shared some about your childhood, and I want to thank you for that. And I also want to ask you, how has your experiences influenced the work that you're doing now? Yeah, I think I just, yeah, I want to give kids that option. I want to give kids the opportunity to meet other kids who stutter, um, you know, because that's powerful for me. You know, like I remember, um, God, I think it took me a long time to come to terms with me as a person who stutters, um, probably in my early 30s. And then when I found Say and all the avenues that that led to, um, like, you know, like the NSA friends and the conferences, ASHA conferences, I think, meeting other people who stutter yeah we know like we keep on saying this but it's such a powerful thing you know it's so important and I know and for me um my family and friends were always really supportive um but there was no one I knew who stuttered really like my therapist did but I only had him as a therapist for two three years until he moved on um so to have that community um to have those people who you can talk to, um, who you can email, who you can Facebook. Um, and then I think at times when you're with these people, you don't really have to talk about them having a stutter. You can talk about all these other things. And that's powerful as well, you know, to just sit there and to just chat and to share and to be in a conversation um, when people do tend to listen to you and don't interrupt. So my experience is, you know, I just want to give the option to kids um, the opportunities there, you know, if you want to meet other children who stutter, the opportunities there. And I think in Australia, um, now for what we want to bring here, the option was never there. Um, I've spoken to a few speech language and therapists here, you know, and there was a couple of groups where they brought some of the young people together, but then it was the fluency groups. It was kids would get together um, and they would practice the fluency and techniques and then in the breaks the kids had a great time because they were just really chilling and I thought yeah maybe they were maybe they were trying to tell you something um but it never cottoned on um so yeah yeah like and so my experience as a kid I never want a child to have the same experience of going through the childhood and never meeting another person who stutters and what you're saying about the children spending time with each other, just being present and not having to talk about stuttering. It yeah. sounds like that's, that's really where the magic starts to happen. No, no, you're right. And that, yeah. And that's where the, yeah, like, yeah, like the, the end kind of magic happens. Like when you bring all these kids together or even adults who stutter, you don't need to be talking about it all the time. You know, you could be talking about a million and one other things, um, I think that's the beauty of it. You know, I think that's the beauty that you see is, yeah, it's important to have these shared experiences and to open up about these shared experiences. But then it's, but then it's pretty cool to just talk about other things, you know, talk about other things that you're interested in, like sport or, you know, films, um, travel, you know, because, um, you know, a lot of kids, even a lot, you know, or a lot of adults might not have, 
um, that platform or that conversational group to have these conversations in. So, um, yeah, the, yeah, like you put a, like a group of people in a room or in a park or on the beach together and just allow it to kind of happen. I think you see some beautiful things happening. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't uh, 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 agree more. Question about pushback. Influency focused Australia. Have you had any pushback starting to get, say, launched? I think the difficulties I face is it is accessing the children. I think that is going to be a difficult kind of process. Um, when I first came here and I was, you know, before I could access the children, um, we had to be really kind of set up first. So in that process, I was looking for volunteers and, you know, and yeah, and like I look at the team I've got now, um, of volunteers, um, there are some people from the Speakeasies Association, um, cause I attend a group every Tuesday just at the road from, and from Mike and from me and there is a fluency focus at the start but you know and then after that you know it's just a basic hang and that's why I go because we just hang and we chat and there's a few people who are told about what I'm doing here and they just really jumped on board it was new to them it was a new concept they were a bit like um so where's the fluency focus and I went there's not a fluency focus and they jumped at it and they loved it um so they came on board and the volunteers I met there's a couple of SLPs um there's a couple of students. There's um, the there's a couple of people from like all walks of life, you know, and they've come. So the volunteers, I thought, would be tricky, but it wasn't. Um, accessing the children has been tricky. Um, I've, yeah, I've contacted all the schools in the area um, privately by email. Got told off for them to not. Yeah, to not and kind of contact them again. Um, I got told off a couple of SLPs <laughs> when I did an email to all the SLPs in the area. And a lot of them have been great, but I've had maybe pushbacks of about four or five who said, please don't contact us again. So, you know, there is, um, I think what we're introducing is a new, is a new um, approach. And obviously, speech language therapists, what they want to look at is where's the evidence base? There's not a lot of evidence base really at the moment. I know, say in America, um, they started to collect some evidence um, at the camps. So what we want to do here in Australia, because um, we're attached to the University of Melbourne, um, we want to have a research element to it. We want to have a research kind of focus. Um, not loads of assessments for the children, but we just want to have um, the kind of pre and post assessments and we just want to build that evidence base up because I think that will help us with and with the referrals here um so yeah it has been kind of tricky I think it's been kind of tricky for a lot of the families um who have heard about us um because they don't really get it it's quite cool um we've we've had lots of positive feedback when families have attended the open days um, or when I've been able to speak to them um, kind of personally. Um, but I think um, oh, the the kind of aim or the vision is maybe lost in translation when it comes from me to another SLP here, to the family. Um, so, yeah, so there has been a bit of pushback um, working on it all the time, new strategies. Um, I'm hoping to go into more kind of skills in the new year, hopefully. 
Um, so yeah, so it's a bit unfortunate, um, but we have got a few events coming up soon, which will hopefully spread more awareness around Australia. Um, so hopefully that will help with the recruitment phase. So speaking of next steps and spreading awareness, tell us about your plans for ISAD 2019. Well, there's quite a lot of plans going on for ISAD, um, which uh, which I want to take maybe credit for, but um, but Bikesh Anand, who's the president of um, Speakeasy, we were having a chat. and um, And I've known that, in some places, maybe Toronto, I'm not sure about America, um, for International Awareness Day, and they light up a couple of the buildings um, in the international line, you know, and kind of colour of stuttering, thirsty green. So we were just chatting, and Bikes said, um, you know, in Brisbane, where he's based, he's managed to get, you know, like a few of the monuments and a few of the bridges and kind of lit up green. So the idea was planted in, you know, in my head then. So I've just gone overboard. Um, by contacting oh, um, lots of buildings in Melbourne, um, stadiums all around Australia, um, town halls, um, Harbour Bridge. I did ask for the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I'm still waiting to hear about that. I don't think we'll get that though. But but no, um, I've managed to get I think about 35 of the landmarks around Australia to yeah to light up green. On International Awareness Day, and a lot of them are stadiums as well. So the so like the so like the kind of big sports stadiums um, in Adelaide, um, Perth, um, in Queensland, and in Melbourne and in Sydney. And for and you know if people aren't aware of those, those are, those are the major places in Australia where they're all kind of spread out. And then also um, on the twenty second of October. We are doing the Australian and um, kind of premiere of my of my beautiful stutter and the and the kind of documentary um, by Ryan Gillen, um about five young people who are at say. Um, so we're showcasing that here. That was made about four years ago. The first year I was at Camp Actually, the film crew were there. So we're showcasing that here on the twenty second, um, and then afterwards we're doing like a mini tour. Around Melbourne, because um, I think in Melbourne I've got oh, I think it's twelve, um, yeah, twelve uh, the venues that are lighting up green, and also as well I think for our kind of Facebook page and um, for our young people who I'll be seeing at the weekend, I'm going to ask them um, if they want to maybe write some words or to film video about the basic question, yeah, and what would you want the world to know, you know, about and um, stuttering. Um, so those are the events that we've got planned for for International Awareness Day, uh, which it should be fun. You know, it should be fun. And for me, I'm very proud and honoured to be able to show my beautiful stutter here because um, of my involvement in saying America, the fact I was there. And I think that as well, we've invited a lot of families, a lot of SLPs, people from the community. So hopefully that will help us spread a bit of awareness of what we're trying to do here as well. 
Wow. My, you can't see, I have a big smile on my face and my jaw dropped open a few times. You said you reached out to 35 uh, landmarks and you've gotten 12 responses. Is that, is that correct? No, so I've got 35 in total. I've got 12 in Melbourne. Um, and a lot of them are really cool because a lot of them are the big stadiums. So, you know, if if anyone in America, well, there won't be anyone in America who's into cricket, I'm guessing. Um, but there's the major stadium here, the MCG Stadium. Um, that is huge in Australia. So that's like Green, Olympic Park and, and a few of the town halls as well. But and I think overall, I think probably about... 30 and I'm still waiting on the Harbour Bridge in Sydney but I can't see that happening but but I found but I found it here everyone's been really receptive to it you know um I've been quite surprised because they've never um, because they've never done this before in Australia um so you know so that has been um yeah that's been really really warming just so that people um, are open to it and are receptive towards it um so that could be really fun you know and i've done other social media for that so hopefully if families are driving around melbourne or obviously the stadium kind of lit up and they you know and they kind of go onto the website of that stadium and it will say oh it's yeah it's all you know when kind of done fries had for you know i went to 2019 and if it spreads awareness of stuttering then that's great and no doubt it will um i'm so glad to hear that the it sounds like the the country uh, is receptive, although the trend has been um, perhaps within the speech therapy world to be a little bit more uh, wary of um, a more vocal uh, or you know to shout stuttering out loud approach. But from what you're doing over here, spreading awareness uh, on such a large scale really seems to be shifting the tides. Um, I'd hope so. No, I'd hope so. That's the kind of plan. Um, you know, the kind of plan is just for more awareness, obviously more awareness of what we're doing, but more awareness in terms of stuttering. Um, you know, and I think the work that hopefully we'll be doing, look, we we have only just then kind of launched in Australia. So the awareness for that, is a lot of hard work at the moment. Um, in terms of speakeasy in Australia, they've been established for a very long time. Obviously, I've said a lot of their focus has been on fluency. Now, they have an added element to it about acceptance as well. And and Vikesh is doing an amazing job. You know, um, he's got a tough job, but he's doing an amazing job. So hopefully, between the two of us, um, we can raise awareness of it, and in a more yeah, in a more accepting manner as well. You know, I think that's that. You know that. Yeah, that's important because it's raising awareness of it. But then, if we're raising awareness of it, and then the focus is only on fluency, um, then I think we're missing a trick. Really, you know, I think it's important that um, yeah, there are a kind of fluency approaches, but there's a level of acceptance as well. And there's all you know, and there's all this other stuff with with and with and which is out there and there's all these options it's like i said for a family who walks into and sees a therapist if you're only told fluency therapy um then yeah it's a bit upsetting that you know and for me and so you know i think if you go in now and you say well there's fluency therapy and also as well there's this place called say you know i can say australia as well mm-hmm. which kind of you know like yeah like a creative arts program so um yeah 
just raising awareness as much as we can, hopefully on the 22nd, um, you know, and people will be looking out in the cities and there'll be a building hopefully in green and, you know, and they'll ask the question why. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to be raising awareness on a broader scale. And what I'm hearing you say is that you'd like for it to be also channeled to, 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 toward a more accepting um, kind of raising awareness. And now that might be possible because we do have say and we do have um, really a global community that is also committed to raising awareness um, in an age of social media, I think that it's probably easier now than it was before. So as an optimist, I'm very hopeful, Rich, that this is going to start to bring about change. Fingers crossed, hopefully. Well, yeah, well, like I'm in Melbourne now. You know, I'm in Melbourne. I'm not moving anywhere. So, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I'm now Australia. And now we've got say in Australia. So that's um, that. You know that's special. That is very special, and you know now it's just the you know and the kind of process of we're based in Melbourne, and then hopefully over the next year, two years, and stuff, we'll be able to branch out in kind of yeah, like in the further areas like Sydney, Perth, Brisbane. You know, because Australia is a big country. It's a big country, Australia. So and there's a lot of kids spread out there. So. Mm-hmm. Speaking of spreading awareness, can you share with us your social media names, uh, Facebook, Instagram? What have you got for us? Um, so, so we're so we are so we are just doing it though off our pages, off the Facebook pages um, and the Instagram page. So it'll be at um, say Australia um, for both. Um, for Facebook and for Instagram. Um, I've not created a like a specific page um, for I said yet. Um, oh, I'm hoping to do that. But, uh, but then I think a lot of our um, awareness campaigns will be going off our Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. So Facebook and Instagram at Say Australia. Rich, for anyone who's excited by the wonderful work that you're doing in terms of spreading awareness. Can you share with us what you did in order to get such a positive response? Was it you? Was it your country? What's any tips? Um, I think all you have to do is email people, just email and ask. So all I did, I just emailed. I just, yeah, um, I came away from that conversation with Vikesh um and i thought you know what i'll just you know i'll contact the mcg which which is the big stadium here and they said yeah kind of straight away so that gave me the confidence to just keep on trying other places and all they can say is no you know and all they can say is no and i think the kind of beauty of the social awareness day is it's a single day as well so when you have other campaigns which run for a week whereas you know with with kind of social awareness day I and mean, it's a day um so i think you've just got to be brave just have that confidence um you know just to go out there you know and kind of contact people and you know and if they say no and they say no and that's cool um so that's all i did really i just you know i'm one of those people if i get an idea i'll just keep on going keep on going and keep on going um so that's just what i did i just emailed everyone um spent a day just emailing emailing (laughs) emailing 
when I should have been doing other things like concentrating on the programming. But now, you know, but now what come from that now is, um, you know, hopefully, you know, like I can just imagine all these kids into AFLA, which is the Australian and the Football League, and so many kids are into that, and I've got the major stadiums, and hopefully, you know, that will just be awesome for them, you know, if they have a stutter and they think, wow, you know, they support me. So how cool is that? So, hmm. Ugh, it's it's so cool. And so two lessons that I'm taking away from from this right now is, number one, all you've got to do is ask. Number two, if you're going to procrastinate, do something that might result in something meaningful, like spreading awareness. Yeah, of course. I think it's like, um, yeah, I think it's like what we, yeah, what we ask of the kids that say, um, or what we ask of, you know, kind of people with acceptance and stuff. You have to kind of put yourself out there and you take a risk, you know, and if you get a negative um, kind of reaction, it is what it is. You know, you just roll with it. Um you know, and that's what you've got to do, you know, and especially with International Awareness Day. And for me, I think, um, yeah, if people say no, then people say no, and that's cool, and you move on to the next venue or you move on to the next idea. Yeah, totally, definitely, you know. Uh, we, yeah. We're asking our kids to do that. We're asking people to do that and with acceptance. So, yeah, it's no different. I love, love it, love it. So put yourself out there, take a risk, and what better – role model than you who's actually going out there and doing it and then you get to show up for the kids and you know there's 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 one thing when we say it but there's another thing then we actually go out and do it so that's that's so wonderful because say australia probably a lot of people would say sounds or sounded risky but hey look you pulled it off so congratulations again well we've only just started we you know we've only just started so Yeah. And we're excited for what's to come. Can you speak a little more to the creative arts program? And you mentioned my shared project. I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, sure. So the my share project we started last week, um, it's a nine week project. And in the my share project, um, kind of basically young people come, we introduce them to, um, to kind of what a share is and a share can be anything you want you know it can be a dance it could be an active movie trailer it could be a um a short play it could be a song it could be a piece of art and that you showcase um but the kind of premises is that the the, but the piece you create is your creation you know it's very unique it's not a copy so if i was into a superhero and I did a scene from a superhero film which was identical, then it's not really my piece. Um, so what we're asking of our kids, if you, yeah, if we have a young person who says, oh, yeah, I really want to do this scene, um, then what you try to extract from that is like, yeah, and what are the elements from that scene and that you like? Is it bravery? You know, is it courage? Is it saving someone? Is it taking a risk? Um, so it's all about unique pieces because it's important that our young people own their piece. Um, so the Knemeyer Project is a nine-week program. For the first two weeks, we just introduced that. Really, we have lots of fun games and activities, and that we start off with, um, which all have an undercurrent. Um, there's a psychosocial element to all these games. The kids aren't really aware of it. Um, 
but then there's opportunities to really communicate um, a sense of community, a sense of teamwork, and kind of taking a risk as well. You know, kind of taking a risk in an environment where you learn that, wow, I can take a risk and I've got as much time to say the words I want to say. And so over the course of nine weeks, what I think in week three, what we do after we, we've introduced the concept of what a share is and, and then all of us will do a share at the end of each um, week at the session. Um, so so last week we did a short play about um, scuba divers, sharks and baby turtles and it was crazy and it was bonkers and it was great. It was beautiful to see and the kids absolutely loved it um, and a few of the parents, they then got involved in it as well. Um, so kind of this week and we'll do the same but the, but the kids might go off into smaller groups and then and then from week three to week eight, the kids will work in their groups then. So groups of maybe two or three. And they will work with an adult, um, one of the volunteers or two volunteers. And they will create a unique artistic piece. For the adults, they're kind of rolling it. It's more like the audience's eyes. It's more, no, it's more to, to um, yeah, it's more to just to ask a lot of questions. You know, so if someone said, I want to play the drums, then why do you want to play the drums? You know, if someone said, I want to do a song, so, right, so what theme are you thinking of the song? So the, you know, the adults are really just there as an aid. Um, It's purely the kids' creations. And then on the final week, um, we hire a theatre, which which we've already got all booked out. And we invite friends, family, people from the community, maybe donors, but it's more important that the friends and family are there. And then we do a big kind of showcase of the event. Um, you know, we we have a celebration of all the kids' hard work, really, and they get up in the groups and they take as much time that they want to take to share their creation um, with family, friends, and audience, which isn't going to interrupt, which is just going to sit there and enjoy and they're going to listen. Um, and then yeah they've shared their piece and that's the ultimate kind of confidence saying no one kind of build it there and then afterwards we'll have a big party because we'll be coming up to christmas then and that'll be the last the last program before christmas so we'll have a christmas party straight afterwards and um so that's the basic premise of the my share project really um but in all this the kids are working together they're having fun they're meeting other kids who stutter, adults who stutter, adults who don't stutter, who care. You know, it's just this rich, accepting, um, supportive, a loving environment. And we've got this down at the Victorian College of Arts, which um, which in Melbourne um, is in the artistic region. And the studio that we've got, I'm not sure um, if you remember the film Fame, but this studio is like one of the studios from Fame. It's a massive glass walled studio in this big art building and it's beautiful and the kids have got that now so that's beautiful so that's the basic premiere of the my share project and then um and then in 2020 we'll be introducing um the songwriting project and the playwriting project which are similar ideas but you're more focusing then on songs and then on plays whereas in the my share and kind of projects it's a bit of a free-for-all really um so i'm looking forward to seeing what the kids are going to come up with on the 7th of december when we do our show
That sounds really exciting. And what's so beautiful about this is that children get to express themselves and their expression is in the form of creativity and the creative arts. I can't think of a better way for really anyone, but especially children who stutter to be able to share. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's a great thing. And then our programs as well, like, and there's no kind of pressure, you know, and there's no kind of pressure. You know, if you want to come and if you just want to hang and sit there, then that's cool. If you get to the point where you've created an, an artistic piece and then it's time to get up on stage, if that is too much for you, then that's cool. You don't have to. If you want to stand up on stage and just stand there and be with the group and not say anything, then that's cool as well. Um, it, like, yeah, I think in this process, every, you know, every child is different. And every child's um, success is different. So for one child to get on stage could be, you know, it could be life-changing. So for us, it's about, um, yeah, it's all about choices and it's all about the full control of the kids. So the kids have full control over what they do. And I think that takes away any pressure, really. And I think that creates an environment where you're more able to take to, you know and to take a risk where you're not told kind of what to do you're not told to do this told to do that you know um if you think you know maybe fluency therapy not or you know or just like you know or in life as a person who's just you know kind of you know um yeah you know a lot of the time you're getting told to speak a certain way or to do this or to do that kind of with your speech whereas here it's just the kids are in control i think that will tend to lead to more beautiful pieces, um, as you said, of creative expression um, and creativity. Wow. This is all such wonderful work. So, Rich, you've got the My Beautiful Stutter premiere coming up on October 22nd, Tuesday, next week, Tuesday. You've got uh, all these buildings and landmarks lighting up in celebration for International Stuttering Awareness Day. We've got... Um, this my shirt project being um going into full gear and i also see on your website you've got confident voices australia say australia storyteller so it seems like you've got a lot of great work um happening and and i i couldn't be happier to learn about this um thank you for all that you're doing no worries no worries you know it's very busy you know and it's very busy um you know, and I've just had a child as well, so even busier. So, um, yeah, it's um, no, it's great. It, 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 yeah, and it's like I say, you know, it's um, yeah, it's a magical moment um, at the time and stuff. You know, at this present time, you know, it's a great time. It's a busy time, um, but you know, I, you know, um, I'll say this: like I couldn't um, have done this without um, the support that I've had from you know, from a partner here, from my friends here, but also from the, from the stuttering community, you know, like all you guys, um, everyone in America who have met over the years, you know, I could never have done this without these, you know, and the stuttering community. And I'm just hoping that, you know, whenever anybody has a chance to come over to Australia, you know, just come and visit us in Melbourne, our doors are open um, and you can experience with us, what we're doing and it'd be great from anyone from the Sutton community in America if they come over to Australia to come and share them themselves with the kids and with the staff and that would be awesome 
Yeah, that would be awesome. And I want to give a, a, a personal shout out and thank you to everyone who's um, been able to help say get off the ground. I'm, I know Tara has been a huge part of this. Um, mm-hmm. Elaine, um, Vikesh and Harrison, is Harrison the name of your adorable little son? Yeah, yeah. Har- yeah, yeah. Harrison and Elena. Yeah, it's Elena. Yeah, so. Yeah, Elena and Harrison. Uh, yeah, you're Elena's a partner, and Harrison is my adorable child who's sleeping at the moment still. So that's good. So uh, no, no, he's great, and it's been awesome as well because he's been coming like into everything. He was there on the open day. He was there for the first start of the programs as well. I've been taking him. You know, he's got the say T-shirt as well, which I'd made for him. So uh, you know, that's that is proud for me to have my child here as well because you know there's a chance that. You know, he might stutter and with being here in Australia now, it's very humbling for me and very proud for me that um, if he grows up and he does stutter, then it, yeah, he'll have, you know, yeah, Renkin and me and Elena here, but he'll also have um, the Say family here as well. So that's um, that's important for me as well. And um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, what a beautiful um family affair and um we will start to wrap it up now because uh i know that it's getting late in australia um so i wanted to see if there are any final thoughts um any final words that you'd like to share with our listeners um any final thoughts um i would just say like yeah, like from what I've learned, I think over the past, well, I'll say four or five years, but even just even these and kind of two years as well. Um, yeah, for anyone who kind of stutters, um, you know, and yeah, if you've got, you know, if you've got a dream and you want to do something, and if you've got a passion, and you know, and like especially in our world, in the stuttering world as well. Um, yeah, just kind of keep on going, just keep on going. There's there's kind of obstacles all the time for something, but like, and for me, and when you've got like a stuttering community, like I always feel me when I'm doing stuff here um, or when I'm on my own and I'm doing something, um, I always feel like I've got the back of my stuttering community. You know, and when I say my stuttering community and stuff, I'm saying like all the people I've met and all the people I've yet to meet. Um, that for me is always very powerful and I never feel on my own anymore. I used to, I don't now, and I know what we're doing here in Stay Australians, you know, in Australia with them um, say, I know I've got the backing of a lot of people and I know I've got the support of a lot of people. And um, yeah, for anyone out there who's who's having a tough time with with kind of stuttering, you know, and you're not alone, you know, and we all go through it. And um, you've got this big community out there who love you, who support you. And, and yeah, and for a lot of people, that's, that's you know, that's kind of something that can be overwhelming sometimes. But, you know, for like, yeah, I think just finding a stuttering community just opens up the door to life i think and so um so yeah i guess that's my final words i guess just uh you know find and love your stuttering community because um 
you know, it's like a family and it's great. It really is. And speaking of the stuttering community, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Um, And thank you, Rich. To end it off, I'm going to quote you. If you have a dream, keep on going. I couldn't agree more. Thank you for dreaming big and going big and for doing all the great work that you're doing. And I look forward to continuing our conversations about the wonderful work that you are doing. Cheers. Thank you. It's great to be on the show. And it's an awesome show. Uh, I'm very, very proud and honored to be on the show. Um, I never thought I'd get to be on this show, so it's great. So um, knowing you came on doing all the great work you're, you're, and you're kind of doing over there, um, it's a pleasure to, yeah, it's a pleasure to know you and it's a pleasure to be part of all this. It's great. Mm-hmm.